we have two Bears that were named to the Pro Bowl team for the 2023 season. We're going to talk about those two players and what players from the Chicago Bears roster could have been snubbed for making a Pro Bowl. We're also going to talk about three candidates to replace Luke Getze as the offensive coordinator that Matt Eberflus and the Chicago Bears could look at this summer. And Tyreek Stevenson has joined the Defensive Rookie of the Year conversation, and we're going to talk about why. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So I want to talk about some of the offensive coordinators that could join the Chicago Bears next season. I already know where a lot of us are hoping that Matt Eberflus is actually removed as the offensive coordinator, I mean, as the head coach. We bring in an offensive-minded head coach, but kind of signs are starting to point towards Matt Eberflus is definitely probably going to stay on as the head coach, and hopefully the Bears do look to upgrade at the offensive coordinator position. Now, I talked about earlier in this week, how some Bears fans have the mindset and, and methodology that, hey, you keep Luke Getze on as offensive coordinator. Why make Justin Fields learn a new offense? Because this offense is absolutely god-awful and trash when it comes down to it. But I do think that, you know, the Bears definitely should be looking on to move on from Luke Getze, even if Matt Eberflus is retained. And I want to talk about some of the player, the, the coaches that could replace that. And some of these guys have have long-standing careers. Now, not all of them have been offensive coordinators before, but I think some of these guys are going to find names that really do help the Chicago Bears in some of the areas that we needed. And one at the end here who really kind of just strengthens what the Chicago Bears kind of already does, but he's a more versatile kind of play caller in, in a sense like that. So I want to talk about this first one, and that's Zach Robinson. This is a passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach with the Los Angeles Rams, and it speaks for itself of what it does. The, the, the Los Angeles Rams are top 10 in both passing and rushing, and passing, they do that pretty damn well. And yes, Williams has been a, a really good running uh, threat for them as well. But when it comes down to it, when you look at Zach Robinson and what he could bring for the Chicago Bears is he comes from uh, McVay's uh, uh, tutelage, right? He's a person that's done that before. He could, he, he's been looked at as, a, as somebody who could do pr fairly good in landing an offensive coordinator gig uh, over here over the last couple of years. And the Bears would do really good to, um, to bring him in. He's a former NFL quarterback on top of that. Right. And he's been with uh, McVay his entire professional career. And you guys know McVay is looked at as one of the better uh, minded coach. Now, the thing that, that that's against this, right, you guys know, I always want to prevent pre uh, present both sides of the argument is it would be going with another rookie offensive coordinator. But at the end of the day, I look at somebody. He definitely understands offenses. He can get creative in offenses. And I think he adds a different wrinkle than what Luke Getze would bring. Now, you got to ask yourself, do you want to pair another rookie uh, coordinator with Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberflus no longer a rookie head coach, though, right? He's going into his third season as a head coach. But to me, Zach Robinson brings a lot of what uh, the Bears could look at. And then again, he's somebody that is young enough, only 37 years old. He could be looked at to groom, uh, to be groomed as the next head coach. And you could kind of bring that development on a little bit naturally, right? When you look at his playing career, he played for the, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Lions, and the Bengals over the course of his, of his career. Uh, not not the longest NFL career, right? But again, I'm not trying to say it like this guy's been a lockdown quarterback. That's why he needs to come in. But he's been now with the Los Angeles Rams since 2019. So he does have five years of experience now. And he could be looked at somebody who really could do that. So I I, I like the I like the thought process behind it. Uh, he's Like I said, he's been under Sean McVay for a while there. Sean McVay is a winning coach and a really good coach as well. He's another young coach. They're both the same age at 37 years old. 
and I think that he could bring some of the wrinkles of what we need um, for it. Keep in mind, McVay has a 60% win percentage with being with the Rams since 2017, so that's something you could really look at. I really like uh, the, the, the potential of, of Robinson being the next offensive coordinator. Again, not a flashy pick at all, but he could be the right pick. The next one is Darryl Bevel. Now, this is a quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator from the, from the Miami Dolphins, and this is a guy who's been around the NFL for a while there. He's a former quarterback as well. Uh, now, uh, unfortunately, a former Packer in 2000, and you know how we feel about uh, Packers there, but at the end of the day, he was a quarterback coach with them, and this is another guy who he has been around the NFL long enough, hasn't had like the most illustrious career or anything like that, but if you're looking at guys who can kind of get dynamic with what they can do on the offensive side of the ball, which is what the Bears would theoretically be looking at. He's also an older guy, 53 years old. So this is a guy who's been around. He's seen a lot, and he could bring that kind of that 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 umph that we need in the coordinator position as well. Now, one of the things that work against him also is he is a former head coach, and he didn't play too good. I mean, didn't coach too good in those times. So at the end of the day, that that's something that you that you want to look at as well. But I think at the end of the day is that. You know, this is a guy that I think can come in. He can really help as well. Uh, he's, the, he's the coordinator right now with the Miami Dolphins. We've seen how Tua has really grown for that team as well. And he's a guy that, hey, he, he hasn't always been looked at as the best coordinator, but he has experience. And that experience could be something that really makes a difference, especially on a Matt Eberflus-led uh, coaching staff. So, again, I think that it comes down to it. I, I don't know if he's necessarily the, the – I'm not saying that any of these guys, so to say, are huge, just big names that the Bears absolutely have to get but they could be interesting names for the Chicago Bears to take a look at. He has been with Tua since the start of the 2022 season, and he does get some of the credit for developing that young quarterback as well. So could he come in here and do the same thing for the Chicago Bears? That's a question that you guys have to ask. The next one, and this is one that's kind of a way further out there pick, and this is right now is the running backs coach with the Baltimore Ravens. That is Willie Taggart. And this is a guy who's 47 years old. He's a former head coach at the collegiate level. So again, somebody who brings some experience, which I do think we kind of want, especially under Matt Eberflus. And this is a guy that I think that you look at and say, he does, he does, he does, he does some of the things that we need, right? When you look at his collegiate coaching career, it's nothing too crazy there. He has a total record of 71 and 80. So again, below 500. But again, we're not bringing him in to be the head coach. We're bringing him in to to potentially be the, uh, the offensive coordinator. Like I said, 47 years old. He's been around coaching for decades at both the collegiate level and in the NFL level. And because of that, he could be somebody that the Bears do take a look at if they want to think outside the box for people to kind of replace Luke Getze. I also think that he's really good with running backs. And so when you look at somebody, he's the one that I said could come in and really bring a lot of what the Bears already help strengthen what the Bears already do well. He's a former quarterback himself, so maybe that he's coached wide receivers, running backs, um, and he has, like I said, that experience as being a collegiate head coach. So, again, it's something that the Bears could look at to bring in, and those are kind of the the candidates that I wanted to talk about that the Bears could look at. A lot of you guys have been saying, well, who can the Bears go out and get? And I know some of those aren't the the top-of-the-line candidates, the names that you guys are always familiar with and have already heard several times, but I wanted to bring some of the names here that are are outside the box and you're not always going to see in some of the other places. But let me know what you guys think on some of those guys. Who also, who are some of the suggestions outside of the box? We already know about the Eric Bannemies, the Ben Johnsons. We know about those guys. But what are some of the outside-the-box candidates for the offensive coordinator position if the Bears do look on a move for, on from Luke Getze, which I do hope is one of the first moves the Bulls, the Bears make in the offseason? That would just make my day. The video that I would drop if the Chicago Bears fire Luke Getze, 
And listen, just be there. Be tuned in. Hit the subscribe button. It's going to be fun. With that said, man, I want to talk about Tyreek Stevenson up here next. And Tyreek Stevenson, you know, the, the conversation has been asked, how can Tyreek, or can Tyreek Stevenson be the defensive rookie of the year? And initially, kind of my thought process was, you know, considering the Bears season and things like that, can he do it? But when you look at it, I think that he can. When you look at the last defensive or cornerbacks to, to win the uh, defensive rookie of the year, you got Sauce Gardner in 2022-23. You got Marshawn Lattimore in 17-18. And then you got Marcus Peters in 15-16. Now, those are the most th three recent quarterbacks to win the defensive rookie of the year award. And when you look at it, Tyreek Stevenson's stats are already surpassing some of those. He already has uh, two uh, more interceptions than, than Sauce Gardner had in his time. He already is close to the five uh, uh, interceptions that Lattimore had in his rookie campaign. And then when you look at the fact that he's only done that in 15 games and he missed some times and wasn't 100% healthy, he has more tackles than any of those players that, that won that. And the physicality that he brings to the game has been evident. Then when you look at it right now, four picks over the last three games for Tyreek Stevenson, he leads all rookies in interceptions. Leads all rookies in interceptions and is tied for the mo for third most interceptions by a quarterback, I mean cornerback, in the NFL. And so when it comes down to it, he also is six, tied with six for Darius Slay for six most passes defended in the NFL. In the NFL is just one behind Devin Witherspoon, who's another rookie who could be in line for that award. Also, amongst all rookie backs, Tyreek Stevenson has uh, 16 games played, which, you know, we're going to play that on Sunday. And he's finishing uh, at the end of the year, top in almost every category for his position. Tyreek Stevenson, whether he wins the award or not, has put together a season that is worth the defensive rookie of the year. And that's not something that you can overshadow or look at. And that's why we, when we talk about the, the, the players and the, and the depth that Ryan Poles has gotten in this time from him running the Chicago Bears, it's real, it's legit, and you can't overlook it. We got to play. Keep in mind. You also got Terrell Smith, who is played pretty damn good over that time as well. So Tyreek Stevenson, if he does win Defensive Rookie of the Year, it's well-deserved. There's, there's precedence to be said for it. And at the end of the day, he's really right now playing extremely, extremely well, and he's done so. He's gone through the, 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 the trials and tribulations around all of, of what happens with a rookie cornerback, getting picked on, things like that. And he's come out on the other side of that really well when you look at it. Now, uh, he, he's going to have to come against Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, who a lot of Bears fans wanted us to draft. I was one of those people as well. And so at the end of the day, that's really his competition. And to be in, in the, in the mentioned in the same breath as a Will Anderson Jr. and Jalen Carter, considering the seasons that they had, Tyreek Stevenson has put together a rookie season as a defensive back that we have not seen. Even Kyler Gordon last year, we have not seen for quite a while. And Tyreek Stevenson deserves to be acknowledged and celebrated for that because the dude is balling out. And hopefully, hopefully he can win the award. But with that said, let's get into the last topic I got for you guys today. We got the Pro Bowl was named uh, yesterday, and so we now know who's going to be on all those Pro Bowl teams. And we got two Chicago Bears players that were named to the Pro Bowl team. And it, listen, there were some definitely some some slights in this. And me, C Dub, and Bobby will be live later on today where we'll go through the snubs one for one. But there were some players that definitely were snubbed in that. I'm going to mention a little of them here. We're going to flesh that out a little bit on tonight's episode, so make sure you guys are tuned in for that. But as far as Pro Bowlers named, Jalen Johnson and Montez Sweat were named to the 2024 Pro Bowl. And when you look at them, they both set career highs in a lot of areas. Montez Sweat, a career high 12 and a half sacks 
So far through week 17, we still have another game. He ranks third in the NFL and leads the Bears and the Commanders in sacks this season, which is crazy to lead for two different teams, considering like you didn't finish or start with those, with, with each of those teams. But yeah, Montez Sweat deserved it every bit of the way. And he said this, I am honored to be selected to my first Pro Bowl and to represent the great city of Chicago. What makes this honor special is the fans that played a role in me being selected. I'm truly grateful for my teammates, coaches, support staff, and my family for all the support this season. I wouldn't be here without them. So Montez, what we already knew the impact that he made for both us and the commanders, and I'm glad that he's been able to have the season that he's had come into the Chicago Bears, lead us in sacks right away, and make such a big presence on that. And for that, he absolutely deserves to be named as the Pro Bowler. Next up, Jalen Johnson. Now this you already know Jalen Johnson has had a career year this year with the questions around him and with the pass rush increasing and getting better. He's definitely stepped up his game in a major way. When you look at it, 36 tackles, 10 pass uh, pass breakups, four interceptions so far, which is tied for the team best with Tyreek Stevenson on top of that. And he said this, it is special that God has blessed me with the opportunity and favor to be selected to my first Pro Bowl. I'm thankful for all these who have played all those who have played a role in my success. When I win, we all win. And this is kind of even more important for Jalen Johnson, a player that is moving into a contract negotiation now. He's come out and said he wants to stay a Chicago Bear. But we also know he does want to get paid like one of the top corners in the league. And so far this season, well, so far the season is basically over, the stats support that. And so um, Jalen Johnson is looking to get paid, and this Pro Bowl selection is going to go a long way in him deserving to get paid. And that's what that's just what it is at the end of the day. Shout out to these two players for being pro, named Pro Bowlers. Like I said, it's been a... A, a sucky season for the Bears to not be able to make the playoffs, but there's still been a lot of good, especially the Bears winning four out of the last five games, things like that. There's been a lot said about just how this team has grown, how it's developed, and the fact that we can say now we got two pro bowlers coming out of this team is really good uh, to come out of this going into next season. But that does not mean that there weren't Bears players that were definitely snubbed in this case, and one of those were definitely DJ Moore. DJ Moore is absolutely snubbed. When you look at it, career highs in both yardage, career highs in touchdowns, at the end of the day, he's been one of the best um, receiving receivers in the NFC. And yeah, A.J. Brown got named over him. A.J. Brown has been mad questionable here over the last month. Mike Evans also, Puka Nakua, whatever you say that, have definitely passed him up as well as far as yardage. But at the end of the day, I think DJ Moore definitely had a better season than A.J. Brown. But again, we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth on tonight's episode. Another bear that was passed up that I feel like should have been named to the Pro Bowl, or at least in, in some consideration, was definitely Jaquan Brisker. When you look at Jaquan Brisker's season, hasn't been the best, right? Hasn't been well the most complete to say, but he's definitely stepped up a lot what he did and made an impact for the Chicago Bears team. And maybe at the end of the day, I'm looking at it in, from the standpoint of a Chicago Bears fan, but when you look at it, uh, over, over this, 97 tackles, two of those being for a loss, one interception, nine pass breakups, two forced fumbles. And uh, 17 of those 97 tackles came in one game at the end of the day. And those season totals are, are better than Buda Baker, for example, who did make a Pro Bowl. So at the end of the day, I look at it and say that Jaquan Brisker was a snub as well. Maybe not as big of a snub as like a DJ Moore, but it definitely was one as well. And then another player I want to talk about is TJ Edwards. To me, TJ Edwards put forth a Pro Bowl level season, even if he doesn't get named to a Pro Bowl, and he's not. That he made it. He was one of only, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, they're him and Bobby Wagner and Fred Warner. That's it. That's that's what it comes down to. TJ Edwards deserved to be a Pro Bowler, to, in my opinion, this season. But you know, when it comes down to it, uh, you know, storylines play a big part of it. Team success play a big part of it. And while the Chicago Bears defense has, we know it's stepped up hugely since week nine. 
the national media is still a little bit slow to recognize how the Chicago Bears have really stepped up over this time. But it comes down to it, man. It's unfortunate. But, you know, the, the Bears are going to have they're, they're, they're going to have something to say about it. And what I'll say at this point of it is at the end of the day, I look at this and say this should be motivation as well for next season for the Chicago Bears. And hopefully they use it as that, right? Motivation to, to go into the offseason knowing that you were snubbed, knowing that you were one of the better uh, players at your positions but didn't get named to all -star, to the Pro Bowl team, that's cool. All pros still coming for some of these players as well. But at the end of the day, I really do like to say that we do have Pro Bowlers on this team and we still definitely, um, definitely have some things that we need to work and grow on before that as well. Now, we got another rumor. This is it, what, it, what it comes down to that I want to talk about before we uh, get out of here as well. And this one comes uh, from it as far as a former and a beat writer for the Chicago Bears and Bob Warja uh, had some comments about decisions being made about Matt Eberflus and, and Justin Fields. And these are interesting. So he had a series of tweets that said this. I still have my sources at Hollis Hall from my writing days and was able to confirm what we've all heard. Flus is returning as head coach. I've also verified that Poles made the decision about a week ago to stay with Fields and not draft a quarterback number one. They will trade the number one pick, but hopefully draft Harrison, but that would likely mean not moving very far down the draft board. If they get a better offer in the trade for a wide receiver, they can, come, they can move outside the top three in the draft. They're worried about the Cardinals would draft Marvin Harrison. Now, plans can change based off circumstances. However, I feel very solid about what I'm reporting. So to hear that the Chicago Bears have already made their decision on Justin Fields, made it about a week ago, when you look at the play of Justin Fields, maybe that aligns with that. As far as Flus coming back, that's, that really confirms something that we've been hearing for a while now. Now, if that is true, right, and the thing is, the Chicago Bears lose leverage by saying that you want to make it seem they're still going to work out quarterbacks and things like that. I would not be surprised. But in the episode me and Steve-O dropped yesterday, we talked about when we could see the Bears trade the number one overall pick. And I do think we could see that trade come fairly early. The draft isn't until April. We could see that, that and Steve-O mentioned that probably in February is when, you, when he would expect the trade to be, to be done for the Chicago Bears' number one overall pick. And this kind of aligns with that. If a decision has already been made, you, you're going to wait to see how the draft order f falls, of course. But once that draft order is solidified, you basically know, I think you're, you're going to know fairly early what teams are going to be willing to offer. I don't know how much the Bears can kind of increase that offer by working out quarterbacks or maybe even feigning some interest in other quarterbacks, but at least from Bob Warja, again, you take that with a grain of salt. I'm not by any means saying he reported it. He said he got sources in Hallis. Let's just take that for, for, for truth. Not saying that at all, but we're hearing more and more about Eberflus returning, and as far as Justin Fields returning in 2024, like I've laid out on this channel many times before, it kind of makes sense with what, what some of the things that we've talked about. So, at the end of the day, man, I you know within within the season, uh, within you know the end of the season, like I've said before, I'm I'm probably probably guessing that maybe even before the playoffs, man, we'll we'll know what's happening with a lot of the coaching staff. I don't feel like the decisions on Luke Getzey and things like that are going to be dragged out really long. I think the Bears are going to want to start interviewing coaches as soon as some of the teams get eliminated from the playoffs, things like that for the offensive coordinator if they're on playoff teams. And because of that, I'll see it. Now, with that said, also in this, it did say that Warja is not the most reliable source. That is something to note, is that he has reported things that were wrong before. But this is something that you can look out for, and we'll, we'll take it and see what it ends up meaning. But let me know what you guys think on that down below. Make sure you guys are following the show at Shy Bear Central. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, chicagobearcentral.gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for our mailbag, which happens on Fridays and Saturdays, the number to do so, 773-242-9336. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. And like I told you guys yesterday, 
The, the daily content does not stop when the season ends. So we will still be dropping daily content. The videos may be a little bit shorter. You know, I like to give you guys 15 to 20 minute uh, episodes during, during the week, but it may be a little bit shorter, but you will be getting that daily content still over the course of the off season. We'll be here covering everything that happens, speculation around the Bears, everything. So make sure you guys stay tuned in. Hit the subscribe button for that. But like I like to end everything on, Chi-Town up, Bear down. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. 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 Media.